and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's our our first one for this week, and we're glad you're with us here. We're a couple of uh, hours or so after the completion of the second of the seven hearings, or is it six hearings that they're holding about January 6th? And uh, I, I, I think I got a pretty good bite to get us rolling here. Okay. okay. And uh, this is from uh, CBS. CBS. All right. Right. Uh, a network primarily known now for March Madness. That's about it. That's all about all. There's nothing much left, right? And then oh, NFL games. Yeah, the Masters. Games. They got they got the Masters. Masters. They got the Masters too. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is this is Nora O'Donnell, the evening anchor, with the reporter Nancy Cordes, and they're going to be talking about. And and you love this guy. You're a Bill Barr fan, right? Oh, always have been. For folks watching, if Britt moved to the camera just a little bit, you'd see a Bill Barr poster. Big poster, uh, yeah. On his wall here. There we go. ...who is at the White House. And Nancy, so much of this information is new for many of these officials who have been subpoenaed. Did they speak out publicly at the time? Or are we only learning this as a result of the committee's work? Nora, not only did many of them not speak out at the time, but when they did, they often backed up the president's claims. That's what's so jarring today, listening to their depositions. And let's just start with the former attorney general, Bill Barr. You know, he now says that he told the president in the starkest terms that these fraud theories were bogus and silly and based on complete misinformation. Well, at the time, in the months leading up to the election, he was saying something very different. The attorney general was going out there and saying that uh, mail-in ballot fraud could be widespread, and that was something that he was very concerned about, even though that had never proven to be the case. And in fact, Nora, when he issued his resignation letter publicly about six weeks after the November election, listen to his first sentence in that resignation letter to the president. I appreciate the opportunity to update you on vote fraud allegations and how those allegations will continue to be pursued. Very different from what we're hearing him say today, Nora. So you found it a bit of revisionist history by the former attorney general, Nancy. Absolutely. Uh, either that, Nora, or yes, he was saying one thing to the president in private. He was saying that these claims were BS. But as the attorney general of the country, he did not bother or wasn't willing to come out there and say publicly that these allegations were baseless. Okay. Uh, I, I was certainly noticing that. And Britt, I think that's a long time theme on the program uh, that well predates anything about January 6th or well, right to the beginning. Why didn't you quit? Why didn't you say something? And, and maybe there are a handful of people who you could say sacrificed their careers or, or spoke out against Trump. And you know what? This this series of, of, of uh, interviews and, and revelations, which really shouldn't be revelations, but I guess they are, that uh, I walked in, and I stands for everybody. I walked in and told Trump the truth about X, okay? And, and that can go with foreign policy. It can go with mm. the 
coronavirus response, vaccines and masks. And I told Trump this, but he didn't listen. Then why didn't you quit, uh, Deborah Burks, even Fauci? If Fauci would have quit, for, you know, any of them. And this is not going after Fauci and them. But all these people today, especially Bill Barr, especially Bill Barr, and this is a great little clip there, don't you think, mm -hmm. to point out that he's trying to make himself, and if you see or heard what he, what he uh, uh, said to the committee, the people interviewing him, he was so casual about it. Of course I was telling Trump this was bullshit. Of course, of course there weren't more people voting in, 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 in Philadelphia times five than existed. Like it, you know, Every lie Barr is saying he knew was not true, was on the right side of, and let Trump know. And then he went through this one little uh, episode where he had told his secretary, I'm going over to see Trump. You might want to start putting my stuff in a box because I'm probably going to get fired because it was another uh, difficult truth that Bill Barr was going to have to say to the president. It was either you lost, you fucking lost, there's no fraud, shut the fuck, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. He was not that way in public. He never was. He never was. And it goes to all those lawyers, some of whose names, I don't even remember some of these no, that they threw out there today that were part of why didn't all of you quit? Why didn't people quit and say he's crazy? And now we're hearing, not necessarily today, but yeah, there was talk of the 25th Amendment being yeah. used on Trump from within, right. from within his his inner circle there. But no, no, you were the crazy one for bringing it up. How dare you? Are you the 25th Amendment? How dare you insult that? That's what I got out of this. It's just galling. It's just disgusting. Now, I'm glad that at least they all weren't really in on the lie, but it's kind of bad that they weren't in on the lie, but wouldn't let you know that they knew that they were in on the lie and called him out so that we could never get to the point where we were, not only just after the election, but on January 6th itself. And even today, we're still there. And he's still fundraising. That was the second part of the, the hearing on Monday, and I think it was a, a, a memorable line, another one by Liz Cheney. She's trying to get herself in the book of quotes forever. It wasn't just the big lie. It was the big ripoff because of the fundraising. It's, what about the fundraising they're doing off of Brett Kavanaugh? That they almost, what about the Democrats doing that, right? Everything's a whataboutism. Everything is. That's my, <laughs> I'm that's sorry. My are, the, are, the, are the Democrats doing fundraising off of the guy that turned himself in because he was going to kill Brett Kavanaugh? The Democrats are fundraising off of that. Is that what's happening? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't think. Matter. I don't think they are. Sure. I don't think factually that that's an accurate statement. But okay, if they're trying to do whataboutism, that's fine. Um, I understand that the Fox News Channel decided to cover today's hearings. The uh, the, they did. the daytime hearings. They did. Yeah, well, and did you hear their their reasoning? They were saying that the reason we didn't run the one on Thursday night was because uh, that's just not when congressional hearings are normally held, and uh, we wanted to keep our primetime lineup intact as it was. But, now, of course, that's just horseshit. <laughs> it's just horseshit. And the, the proof of the fact that it was horseshit is – 
that Thursday night, they did, while the hearings were on, do kind of a different form of what I thought, but they did it on steroids, where they took the feed of the video, but they had control over what was being shown. It wasn't um, a one-size-fit-all where the you know c-span controls all the cameras and you're stuck showing the one um series of of uh, uh photos and pictures that are that are sent out fox had control of what was being shown and so every time there would be say a damaging tweet or the sean hannity tweet they would switch quickly real fast wow. to something else wow. so that you weren't seeing it while Tucker Carlson or Hannity were, were, were trying to trash what they were seeing. Or they had the other trick, which was to, if someone was, was uh, saying something that was uh, clearly attention-worthy, uh, or there was something up on the screen that Fox didn't want their viewers to be exposed to, lest it hurt them a lot, they would go to the long shot. They would go to the long shot of the room, way far away, so you didn't know quite what was going on. And, and, and so Carlson and Hannity would just continue to try to uh, to rip it to shreds. And they also so, didn't they didn't they also have a commercial three Thursday commercial free. They didn't have any. They, they, didn't they run straight with no right. commercials? Right. Which you know, everybody bought the uh, bought the line that was thrown. Well, the reason they didn't do that is because that didn't give people a chance to get up and change the channel. Okay, mm-hmm. so the assumption here is, okay, and I'm not talking about, again, and, and this is unfair, it's sexist, it's racist, it's so, some old woman in a rest home who can't move out of her wheelchair, okay, can't get up to go change the channel. Because it is 1977, you have to walk six feet to the, to the thing, you have to, you have to try to adjust the antenna. Britt, you haven't lived till you've watched on a 25-inch Zenith Chroma Color console TV <laughs> that you had to get up and change. Um, but the assumption is by not ever uh, having a commercial break that people would sit for two straight hours and not change the channel and get everything that they needed to get from. But, and it, you know, at one level, there's probably some truth to it. But at another level, think of the insult that is, to the stupidity of the viewers. I don't know about you. Whenever something like this is on, and I know it's on, you know, 12, I will sometimes just switch around to see whether it looks the same, whether yeah. uh, they're using yeah. the same kind of graphics. Yeah. And, of course, throughout the entire evening, while Hannity and Carlson were on, because that's eight, 8 to 10 o'clock, that was the time that the – first hearing was shown thursday night the banner at the bottom of the screen crew was at their finest it's called, the, chi- finest. I think it's called the chiron isn't it in television yeah. terminology well bird i didn't i didn't work in tv that long i just call it the little big fat banner there at the bottom okay you're 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 an ins you're an insider you're a big you're, you're a big media guy i'm fancy yeah. um, but but it would say things like Hearing is not designed to glean real information. Uh, January 4th committee not allowing Republicans to speak. You know, it would it was just a nonstop barrage of of right wingedness, pro-Trump, um, alternative 
ideas at the bottom of the screen while Hannity or Carlson is talking and while they're uh, manipulating by subtraction or by pulling the shot back uh, the the uh, third of the screen that was showing the feed or their version of the feed to their audience. But then they said, well, look, because, again, um, this is a, a daytime hearing and um, at, at, at Fox, really, uh, most of the people haven't even had their medication by 11 o'clock in the morning. Had it fed to them. They don't have you. to worry about about showing it. So so they did. And uh, it was kind of it was a beautiful moment to see the uh, former head of uh, the election um, reporting outfit, Chris Steyerwald, who's he's solid. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten another gig yet. I mean, he should get hired. If you, know, uh, you, if you remember the story, he was he was fired immediately after he declared that Arizona had gone for Joe Biden. And, and he, of course, talked about that. And he talked about their methodology and how they were 100% confident when they made that call about Arizona. He described that they have a whole group of diverse people. They have Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, nonpartisans journalists, uh, number crunchers, geeks, and every person in the room has to sign off on what they're showing when election results are coming in and they compare that to what they were predicting in their own patented way. And it did show thumbs up for Biden in Arizona. So they went with the call. It was really pretty impressive. And, um, it's it's just it's it's just I think they're doing it really, really smartly because, you know, each session is going to spotlight something different. You know, today it was all the people on the inside who knew and told the truth. And by the way, um, I'm not quite sure who's left that would be able to ever speak that would say, yeah, I was with Trump the whole time. I believed every word he would. There's nobody. There, there was nobody. We all knew the truth. And and he was just a crazy man. Just a that, that picture that we always used to paint of Trump alone in his room with a phone in one hand. And uh, as the uh, people of Trump's here, the clicker in the other hand. OK, right. um, it's more truthful than we probably know. Mm. It, it, it probably is. Um so they ran um, on on the Fox broadcast affiliate here on Thursday. They ran the whole thing, although every one of their television listings, including their own website, would show that they were running regular Fox programming. There's the there's the thing at uh, eight o'clock showing that they were running MasterChef while they actually did have the hearings on the air. Those yeah. are the listings for over the air showing every other network was showing and they were showing uh master chef and don't forget the lyrics i do also have a screen grab of them showing benny thompson the representative from uh, mississippi from the democrat who's chairing the hearings and the the very bottom what it was describing what you were watching is don't forget the lyrics uh but they did carry the entire thing on thursday night on the fox over the air broadcast television affiliate here so there were some of them that did that yeah um but i think they're they're uh you know, they, they, they've divided this up very, very smartly. And uh, one of the really star witnesses on Monday was Ben Ginsburg, 
Ben Ginsburg, he of the I'm the guy that got George W. Bush over the top in the Supreme Court in 2000. I, I helped the, uh, the Supreme Court see the light of day and uh, stop any more recounts in Florida to declare George W. Bush the victor. That's how much of a Republican stalwart lawyer he was. But uh, in recent years, uh, he's had nothing to do, nothing to do with the Republican Party anymore. And he has nothing to do and wants nothing to do with Donald Trump. And he was asked 12 ways from Sunday, uh, do you see any potential? Did you see any potential for any kind of fraud or shenanigans that would have had any potential to have any success in overturning the election results in any of the six states? And, of course, that was kind of covered by the fact that you know, 61 lawsuits were filed uh, 60 of them were directly lost, and the one that wasn't directly lost was a meaningless nothing. So they were basically 0 for 61, or as I like to call it, Britt, you'll appreciate This is a reverse Roger Maris. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well done. Um, no glitches. No, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Britt, just if, uh, if you're not watching, <laughs> Britt put up the story. About how, and, and again, it, in one way, this is pathetic. In the other, uh, on the other hand, it's the least surprising thing you've ever heard in your life that Giuliani was drunk on election night and walked into uh, Trump's room and said, Hey, Donald, just say that you won. Just tell him you won. Get, just get out there. And, uh, and by the way, that's an impersonation of a drunk Rudy Giuliani. In I thought you were you going. Know. I thought you were going for Harry Carey. I didn't. Know, I knew it. I, know. I, see, I, I didn't want people to be confused <laughs> because Harry Carey would have would have been. Hey, Donald. Hey, you won. See, that's the difference. The uh, this has been widely reported in several different outlets, but now it's on the record, on the official record, and several people have testified to it that drunk ass. They're trying to keep Rudy separated from from Donald Trump. They're like, just get him, keep him over here. I don't care what you do, you, you know. Point out a salami sandwich to him, distract him. Don't let him get near Donald. But he did. He's gone there. He's telling you what election. <laughs> and, and Trump kind of internalized that. Uh, I, I think it's been also widely reported that when he made the speech on election night in November of 2020, he said um, the words, we won this election by a lot. And that was not scripted. He was going off script. Nobody wrote wow. that for him. That was How clever. Yeah. <laughs> that was him. And some of the people who were working for him were kind of like, oh, I, I didn't know he was going to say that. Huh. That's going to be problematic. But see, it the, the point is, you should have quit right then. Yeah, You should have said publicly, you should have come out immediately. No, you didn't win this election. Election night, clearly the right thing to say was, um, let's wait till all the votes are counted. Uh, we still think we have a good chance. You do what everybody does, and, you know, even if you think that things aren't going your way. And you know that the, the, uh, the red state mirage was going to come into play, which, again, for weeks and for months leading up to the election, and this was spoken of by several people on Monday, including Ben Ginsburg, that uh, everyone knew, and Trump 
was fully aware of the fact that on election day, Republicans very often win, but Democrats have historically voted more as a percentage of their vote by mail and have so. And with the pandemic uh, changes across the country, there were going to be more mail-in votes, but there really was no 100% way to know that uh, the Democrats were going to get a bigger bump because maybe Republicans decided to vote by mail. It could have happened, no. but Trump, that didn't matter. The facts didn't matter. Trump just went all in the first night and, and, and said, we won, and then spent those next few days complaining about the truckloads of votes, the ones dumped in the river. Remember the, the dumped in the river? There was for me? there, there was a, there was a way to know that Democrats overwhelmingly vote in greater numbers by mail than Republicans because Trump kept telling the Republicans how fixed the voting by right. mail was. He told them it was oh, not yeah. reliable. He, he broadcast to them on many occasions that it's not you're, reliable. You're, you're a thousand percent right. But but on election night, you don't want to cop to that. You don't want to say <laughs> you that. Can't. You want to say you want to give yourself every chance for what seems to be uh, an inconvenient truth. And there's another Democrats there's another reason are, are, are more prone to vote male than than not. And there's another reason that you that you get another the big steal and the big lie is that those numbers in the middle of the night start going another direction because those Republican legislatures in places like Pennsylvania and across the country were not allowed to count those ballots until election night. That's why you saw the dramatic shift for the idiots that are pushing that whole thing about I don't know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, Trump's up and then whoosh, now he's not. Well, <laughs> There's a reason for that, fuckos. You guys said that they couldn't count those ballots, and by law, they were not allowed to count those mail mail in ballots until election night. That's how that worked. Uh, this is another one from uh, today. White House lawyers pressured to overturn the election even after the insurrection on January the sixth of twenty twenty one. Brad, Trump attorney John Eastman continued to pressure White House counsel to work to overturn the twenty twenty election results even after they saw people. People going crazy and trying to kill right. Mike Pence. Right, Britt, that is going to be the uh, main topic in the next hearing. Okay, that is going to be the main topic. And um, you know, it's just it's it's just unconscionable. It, it's unconscionable. And, you know, again, uh, pulling back to uh, what's the effect of this? Uh, we should isolate this moment and, and keep it forever. Although we're not the only ones that are thinking this or saying this, but with each hearing, with each series of confirming revelations, if that's possible, um, where everything that we thought was true, wasn't just true. It was worse than that. Um, how could we possibly be in the position right now where there, uh, I have a couple big fears today. Uh, one, that the stock market will go to zero, and two, that <laughs> Trump will get reelected. Okay, they're about equal. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, how could it possibly be that there are people that still, for them, it's more important to own the libs by? voting for and supporting Donald Trump and sending him money today, right now, somewhere, someone is pushing a button 
on their computer to send him more money. How is it possible with what we know and what we're learning and what we're confronting? How is that possible? Don't tell me about mental illness having to be associated with uh, being able to buy a gun, okay? Don't tell me this is mental illness. This is the kind of mental illness that needs to be addressed, which it can't be, I know. Um, but we have a political mental illness, if that's such a thing. Don't you feel like there is a, there's messaging from the Republican Party that is somehow penetrated through to, unfortunately, some independent voters that, man, Joe Biden has fucked this economy up, and if you get Donald Trump back in there, he'll get you back to $2.87 a gallon of gasoline. Oh, there, there is absolutely no doubt yeah. that that's the, that's the pretext here. I hated and, him. He was dangerous for America. He did crazy yeah, ass shit. Man, if I, could get, if, if I could get back down to you know below three dollars a gallon of gasoline, shit, I'd put it. I'd put Satan in there. I'd put double Satan. I'd put Satan, Hitler, and, and Stalin in there. I don't give a shit. I mean, that, there, there's a, a segment of America that's feeling that way. I think. Well, there's a big segment of America that's feeling that way, and and the problem is you can't let that. And, and you can say that. I can say that because. Um, you know, it doesn't quite affect us. Let's put it this way. The worst thing about inflation is it is the most regressive mm -hmm. tax that exists on Earth. The more money you have, the more you're able to withstand price hikes. The more money you have, the less percentage of your income or your savings or whatever you have goes to pay for food, which is going up goes to pay for gasoline, which is going up, and goes to pay for rent, which is going Those are your big three right now. Or um, if you're younger and you have a kid who may be going to college in the next few years, uh, by the way, tuition to college has been going up by a, a factor way beyond that of inflation right. forever, right, ever since – you went to school, and since I went to school, it, right? You know, if uh, if if tuition was commensurate to with what I paid, and even with what you paid to go to college, uh, college would would still be the the, the elite universities would still be only twenty five thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're now eighty thousand and ninety thousand a year. That's how out of whack it is, and that's proportional as you go down the. Uh, you know, the, the, the different universities and the, the amount that they charge. So, you know, that's been going up forever. So people are understandably and, and rightfully nervous. The impossible task for Democrats is to get people to buy into what is actually truly really a fact that a president or a political party cannot control inflation of everyday items in your life. It, it, it can't be done. And not only that, uh, and there's a great column in Sunday's New York Times that explains it all, that um, for the last 10 years, because of the policies of the, and most people don't know, don't care, don't want to hear about, not interested in what the Federal Reserve does. I'm not going to get into it in, in too much detail. But because they kept interest rates so low for so long, everything got fucked up.
But even with that being true, inflation isn't just an American problem. It isn't just affecting us. It's the whole world. But we don't care about the whole world, do we? We don't give a shit about anybody else. It's just about us. And uh, now the Federal Reserve has uh, painted itself into a corner, the, the smallest corner I've ever seen, because if they raise interest rates like was done uh, at the end of uh, Jimmy Carter, the Carter administration, and into Reagan's administration, if they, they, they throw the interest rates way up, way up to whip inflation, to crush it, to destroy it, that will go hand in hand with a soul-crushing recession, maybe even worse, and uh, unemployment will start to creep back up. No one will be hiring anymore. There will be layoffs that begin. Uh, business will slow down. Spending will slow down. And financial markets uh, will not like it. Uh, They don't like it. They're already showing that they're afraid that that is already in the process of happening. They don't like it. That's why why they've been down the last uh, several days, the last several months, actually. Um, And um, it's it's a tough, tough spot for the country. But with all that said, if you think for one second, you think for one second that the answer to any of those problems is the second term of Donald Trump, then we may be beyond help. Because <laughs> look at the people, all right, look at the people who've been on display the first two hearings, okay? Uh, when they're speaking, not on TV, not to... to uh, Mark Levin or Sean Hannity, they sort of seem like normal people who sort of know the score, right? Mm-hmm. But they've ideologically sold their souls as Republicans and then as Trumpers and then so far down the rabbit hole professionally that they didn't want to tell the truth to the country. And those are the people who most of them would say, I didn't quit because they would have gotten somebody worse, right? So that. <laughs> Now, in a second Trump term, all the people who are worse, they will be part of the gang. So the you'll be nostalgic for Jason Miller. You'll be nostalgic for Stephen Miller, maybe. You you may you will be nostalgic for Bill Barr. I just wanted Jeez. you to think about that. Right. But you know what? I think that's a great idea because the libs will hate it. That's all that matters to me. Right? Rachel Maddow, oh, my God, she's going to die. <laughs> that's all that matters, right? A lot of a lot of things coming out. We're trying to highlight some of this stuff, uh, including Trump bilking his uh, supporters out of $250 million. <laughs> now, see, hang on a second here. Wait a minute. I, I got my checkbook here. Yeah. I got my checkbook here. Take that off the screen. Take that off. <laughs> that's my checkbook. I'm, I want to write me a... I'm how a much can I write a dot? About well, a thousand? You know, we're using routing numbers now here in the 21st century. And Venmo and Cash App, those are all working out pretty good. We don't really... Paper checks are don't really... Don't worry. They'll, they'll take this one, too. It doesn't work, too. Don't worry. Don't, work. They're really not using those so much. Britt, Brit, you know what my uh, checkbook has on the front of it? What's that? Check it out. Oh, the American Civil Liberties Union. I have an old ACLU uh, sticker. 
and I've had this, of course, like so many things I have written for many, many decades. This must be like the first checkbook cover I ever got. When I'm through, the North, and I'm through the ACLU, you can see how old it is. I believe I still have on my. I, I still. I think I have Cleveland Indians logo. I think I've got a Chief Wahoo logo on my checks from a dead franchise, a franchise, and I, I also have. Yeah, but that's more, Britt, that's only been dead for for a year and a half. That's not half. the same thing. Nonetheless, it's if, still. It doesn't exist anymore. And if you if you had if you had one from the Cleveland Spiders from 1910, I'd respect you. Well, but maybe this will maybe this will ring your bell. I have uh, the name of someone who I had a joint account with who used to live with me about nine years ago. Still on those checks. Is that does that qualify for something as being kind of old? Their not name is enough. their name is no longer on the account. They haven't lived here in nine years, but they're still. And I'm That's not reordering bad. checks because I, I don't. I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. I, I, no, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I'm I'm not putting you down for that. <laughs> because I'm not going to spend twelve dollars on checks or whatever whatever it is now. I have no idea what it would be if you go and order a check. I have no idea because again, right. I can't. The last time that I wrote one, I can't even remember. It certainly wasn't last year. It probably wasn't the year before. Hmm. We just don't use them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, I uh, I thought they were clean. They were concise. They got to the points. They weren't rambling. And uh, these hearings, I don't care what people want to say, I think they did benefit from having a professional oh, direct yeah. Yeah. the pacing and the the uh, the you know the, the way you saw the the videos intertwined with live testimony. I think they did a, uh, I thought, especially on Thursday night when they did, they let Liz Cheney do a lot of the heavy lifting. She got the clips in there. I think I timed it out to an hour and 55 minutes. And that includes the break they had there in the middle. I thought the pacing was just right. I thought it was the exact right amount of information. They left you with a tease on the end. They did that as well today. Very. Yeah. It's very well orchestrated. It's good messaging. It's very focused. I thought everything went along about as well as you could have imagined. Yeah. And again, I don't know whether this cuts through to people, because I guess if you're if you're getting ripped off, the last thing you want to do is acknowledge that you're getting ripped off. Right. Mm. And the fact that they did focus there in the last part of Monday's uh, proceedings about how uh, Trump has been using this to raise money and that it's very likely that one of the reasons that he stuck with the story is because the minute he stopped sticking with his lies, then no one would send him more money. Right. That was the whole game. That was the whole gig. And, of course, the pretext about, well, did Trump really know that he lost or was he just faking it? You know what? At this point, I don't care that much. But I know that in a court of law, you have to show, um, what is it, consciousness of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not quite sure how Trump could ever prove that he didn't consciously know he was lying unless he wants to use the insanity defense. This might be one time where, and the insanity defense like never works in a murder trial. Uh, you, you know that the person is... You're not going to ever. I can't remember whether that's ever worked. Um, uh, but in in Trump's case, um, you know that he knew 
Of course he knew. You can't have it both ways. You can't say how smart Donald Trump really is. He's a sharp guy. You know, he. you may think he'd, oh, but he, oh. And then in this particular case, he didn't know. He really believed it. You, no, Those two ideas can't exist if you're a Trump supporter at the same time. He outsmarts you every time. He's living rent-free in your head. Boy, don't you love that one? Rent-free. 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 Have we heard some vociferous denials from the Republicans who were accused of asking for pardons following what they did on, the, I, on January the 6th? <laughs> Uh, Scott Perry, the congressman from Pennsylvania, he's denied it. Yeah, uh, I think you're in trouble there if you do that, because they wouldn't they wouldn't be saying this if they didn't have the proof. And of course, they're holding that back for one of the hearings. There's no doubt about it. They're not, not just going to throw it out there. It kind of shows that you think what you were doing was illegal. If you're asking somebody for a pardon immediately after that, you know, you know what the uh, you know what the the uh, fake pushback on that is? It's <laughs> fake. It doesn't mean anything. It's the uh, someone may ask for a pardon, not necessarily because they know they did something illegal, but because the uh, Biden administration was likely to weaponize unfairly yeah. and make up charges against you. Right. And you needed to have a pardon in order to make sure that you couldn't be illicitly charged with doing something wrong, whatever it was that, of course, you didn't do, but you're just asking for a pardon. It's, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's kind of like the, the lightest parka. It's not going to rain, really. But just in case it does, I'm going to put that on. That's my pardon <laughs> parka. Okay. Pardon parka. I don't really need it. But just just in case, can I have one? No, you can't, sir. It's, it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain. And if it does, you're going to get wet because you suck. I don't know how else to, <laughs> to analogize it. Um, uh, let's see. What a, oh, we got a, I got a couple uh, quickies here. How about this one? Truth Social can't handle the truth. Oh, yeah. What's that about? Uh, Truth Social, Donald Trump's Twitter copycat account, claiming it's, quote, free from political discrimination. Remember, that was the whole thing that he was pretending that this is going to be all about, right? They're not going not gonna to censor people like Twitter. They're already banning people if you post anything about the hearings on Thursday or today. Anything about the hearings, you're gone. See ya. Wow. <laughs> How about mommy? I can't find my crypto. Yeah, do do that one. Do do mommy. I can't find my crypto because this thing's about What's to crash the, and burn. Well, no, it's not about to. It is. <laughs> it's crashing and burning around us. It, it's a really it's a really bad day. It's down fourteen percent today. Jeez, I'm looking right now. Ethereum down. Dogecoin. Everything. Oh, they're Dead. all down. I'll go Dead. down. Dead. Yeah. It's down to twenty three thousand. It was at sixty thousand at the peak a few months ago. So that that is significantly worse. That that's like a Nasdaq tech I I, stock. I think I told you. I think I told you this off the air. If I mentioned it, it on one of the podcasts, I apologize. But hey, not everybody listens to every one of these things. Um, there not? is a, there's a group of uh, there's a group of scientists who know more about this stuff than I do. And you know how with crypto. 
it's supposed to be zipped up private. You don't know who's buying, who's selling. Everything is kept private. And these right. guys who looked into it and they went, they were like, eh, not so much. There's there's a thing called uh, blockchain leakage, which sounds right. like something I, you, should, I, you should go to the doctor and check that out. By the way, if you do have blockchain right. leakage, because it could be. Bad. I got an idea. I let's yeah. start a second podcast. We'll call it Tales from the Crypto. <laughs> That's nice.